Hey, welcome back to Crimes and Closets. This is Beth in my closet in North Carolina. And this is Christy in my closet in St. Louis. Good morning, Christy in St. Louis. Good morning, Beth <laughs> in North Carolina. <laughs> How are things? Now that we've established that, backwards and forwards. <laughs> okay, we got it. They're good. They're going. They're going. Things are going. Sunshiny. I know. Lately, so lifting spirits, I feel like. So we're good. It's good. It's warm you? weather here, too. And all that stuff. And so, yeah, nothing else really is going on. It's like a quiet time in life. Mm -hmm. All the sports are starting back up. It's the calm before that storm. Oh, my gosh. Yes. I'm glad that some of them are starting up because my oldest has had a big hiatus between football and track. But now he's in track and it just started Monday. And it's nice that he's got something to do for a couple hours. And I don't feel like he's just sitting in the dungeon. Yeah. <laughs> All afternoon when he gets home from school. <laughs> this is not the one that sits in the dog cage, by the way. It's a different one. <laughs> well, that one, you that one that has one? all the activity in the world and he still sits in dog cages. So, yeah. you know, <laughs> I have a little, my oldest one is playing spring football. And so that's starting Saturday. Oh, Saturday. Nice. And then baseball starts for my youngest. I hate mm. our baseball started in the winter because they did indoor practices. Oh, oh, that's right. Your little one does baseball. I hate baseball. Mm-hmm. Bless. I hate baseball. I think it is so boring. <laughs> I actually like it a lot. We've had this conversation before. I really like watching games. I'm annoyed by all the practices. Mm. Honestly, like I just feel like I want to I want a league that's one practice and then one game. OK, and that's it. I don't need four practices that are two hours long and I have to sit there because my kid can't behave during practice. So I'm asked to stay. Sorry. (laughs) You're now encroaching on my personal time. (laughs) Well, the thing is, if you're, if you, if you have any experience with baseball, most people whose kids play baseball really love baseball and they're all in and they're baseball moms. And Mm -hmm. God forbid you bring a book to the practice or something because they're like these people they make shirts for their child with their number on them and their name and they have chairs special chairs and stuff like that are the team colors and if you are the mom who brings the book you are like judged and exiled from the group right away (laughs) so you got to make a choice (laughs) Mm -hmm. better be there to cheer not read that's right or just watch Mm. And buy shirts and all that fundraising stuff. And I just can't do it. I have a podcast. Yeah. I have to read. <laughs> I got things to do. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm I'm not in the in crowd, baseball mom in crowd. I'm okay with it. Yeah, I don't feel like I'm on the ba- in the baseball mom in crowd. Honestly, I'm not like I don't really like to get involved and like super involved. Right. I'm there and I'm watching and I'm cheering. But I'm like, I'm here in my bubble. Right. And I'll, I'll say hi to you. Right. But I don't really get involved in the, like, clickiness. That's why we're friends. Mm, yeah. Okay. So, anyway. What else? Do you have anything else? We have an um, announcement. Right? Our potiversary. Our potiversary is coming up. March Our second 30th. One. <laughs> we're turning yes. to, and mm. we're going to do a super fun live zoom event you heard it right yeah. a live zoom with us it's like it's a call we're doing a 
We're doing a video call yeah. with you guys. For, well, for sure. For those who want to participate. We're coming into our closet with us and we are going to hang out and talk about what y'all want to talk about on March 30th. Check our social media for details. If you are a Patreon member, a closet sister with us, then you just get a link. You're getting in. But if you are not and you want to come and join us, you can pay $5 with the link in our bio and come and do the Zoom with us. Mm -hmm. And I think you want to. Yeah. Or you can just become a Patreon. Or you could or become a Patreon. And we have new Patreons. Do you want to yes, shout we do. them out? Yeah, sure. Um, because we are so sorry. We forgot to shout them out the last couple of episodes. Hasn't it been a couple that we yeah. forgot to do? Well, the last one for sure. Yeah. So um, we have Jackie R, right? Mm -hmm. She was one of them. Heidi M, Angie R, Caroline C, mm -hmm. Christina A, Adrian B, and Laura S. There you go, closet sisters in the house. Thank you. Thank you. Your support means a lot. And we can't wait to hang out with you guys on the number two anniversary, March 30th. Yeah. We'll keep talking about it. We'll keep reminding you. Yep. And you'll get even more reminders because you're patrons and you're going to get some extra episodes before then. Yep. So they're coming soon. Mm -hmm. Actually, so they've already come some. Yeah. If you know, you know. If you don't, you don't. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I have a crime. Let's talk about that. Yes. Okay, here we go. Okay, here we have another recommendation. Okay, uh, that's all we have. I know, it, we need a <laughs> new line. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is from our listener, Ashley, Ashley D, different Ashley than has recommended before. Um, it's a Georgia case. It oh. takes place in Cumming, Georgia, which have we not that's, talked about Cumming before? That's where Tamla Oh, I knew, I knew, I knew that sounded familiar and How recently weird. familiar. It's a really small That's town. A small town. <laughs> yes, gosh. A small town, 45 minutes outside of Atlanta. Our listener, Ashley, is from Georgia, and she has a co-worker from Cummings, so that's how she heard about this case. And spoiler alert, this case is unsolved. So, Another one. I know. Wow. And you know I don't like the unsolved cases, but this is an mm. interesting one. So this is the story of Patrice Indres. Have you ever heard of it? No, but I like the name Patrice. Patrice is a cool name. She seems super cool as well. Patrice Tambor Indres was born November 29th, 1965. She was really pretty. She has like this olive skin. She has brown hair, brown eyes. She's very lovely. She's very like not traditionally pretty, if that makes any sense. Okay. Like she's not uh -huh. a blonde haired, blue eyed, you know, girl. She, she's got a very like almost exotic look about her. She's gorgeous in every picture. Mm -hmm. Okay. She lives in Cumming, Georgia, in the area, and she worked as a hairstylist. And it's reported that she had a passion to make people feel beautiful. I love that. I do know this one. Sorry. You do? 
Yes. Okay. Yes. It's, a, it's a pretty big case. I didn't so. know the name, but I now I, 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 okay. I think. I think. If it's the one I'm thinking of. Okay. Okay. So at a fairly young age, she married a man named Don Black, and the two of them had a son that they named Pistol. Mm-hmm. Pistol Black. That's yep. his name. Yep. I know that name. So super <laughs> cool name. Yeah, definitely distinct. Yes. Um, The marriage between Patrice and Pistol's dad did not work out, but the two of them remained really good friends and they co-parented their son really well. They actually were really good friends. Like they were friends. They talked. Right. So a few years of hairstyling under her belt, Patrice has a pretty big client base and she's always dreamed of owning her own salon. So in the 90s, she did it. She opens mm-hmm. up Tambers Trim and Tanning. Oh, tanning too. Mm-hmm. This, yeah, because so it's the nineties, and right. tanning was like we all tanned, we all did right. it. Mm-hmm. We can't judge yeah. each other because we were in the tanning beds as well. Patrice's business was pretty successful. She had some loyal clients and regulars. She had those tanning beds, which kept the shop pretty busy. Her salon was located on a pretty main road incoming, and so it wasn't unusual for her to get a lot of walk-in traffic as well. Somebody just, oh, it's I have a 30-minute break. Let me walk in and um, get my hair cut real quick. And it's reported that her friends would also stop by the salon on their way home from work just to, like, hang out there and hang out with oh, Patrice. So, that's fun. Yeah, it reminds me of, like, it's like their cheers or, like, their central perk. It's, like, where they would okay. just, like, all go and, like, hang out and it just, you know, this open door kind of thing. Super fun. Patrice also met a man named Rob Indres and fell in love. Patrice was 30 at the time and Rob was 50. So bit of an age gap, but Mm -hmm. Rob came in to Patrice's shop and she cut his hair. That was it for the two of them. And in 1997, they got married. Now, it is reported that the relationship between Patrice's new husband, Rob, and her son, Pistol, was rocky. I, I don't think it was anything too crazy. It wasn't like an abusive relationship or anything like that from what I gathered, but just like normal blended family issues. Right. They like, didn't get along. Bad. You don't get to tell me what to do. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then he would say, you know, your kid's brat, you, you know, whatever, like just normal stuff. Like, I mean, it's not normal, but you know what I'm saying? We've mm-hmm. heard it before. That brings us to April 15th of 2004. This is a Thursday. Patrice was 38 years old at the time, and she's got a successful business, thriving. Her son, Pistol, was in 10th grade. Patrice and Rob had been married for seven years. And on this day, Patrice had clients lined up pretty full schedule for that day, appointments. So Mm -hmm. she had appointments scheduled pretty much back-to-back for the majority of the day. She finished up her morning, morning appointments. Everything was normal. She had a bit of a lunch break for her before her next appointment, which was coming in at noon. And when the person came in for their 12 o'clock appointment, Patrice was nowhere to be found. Hmm. Not in her store, couldn't find her anywhere. So the person looks around, they kind of holler for her. Her car's parked outside, but she's nowhere, can't find her anywhere. So the patron calls the police and is like, you guys need to come and check out what's going on. She's left her shop. Like, I can't find her. I have an appointment with her. I don't know where she is. So the police come out. Again, they find her car parked in the parking lot. But since her car, her her shop was on a main road, 
everyone would drive by in this small town and she always parked her car in the same exact space every single day. Mm -hmm. Much like I think all of us would if it was our business, we go to work every day, we park in the same place. On this day, her car was parked in a different spot. So it wasn't parked in the normal place backed in towards the side where it normally is. So Mm. that's the first odd thing. They go into the salon and there's no signs of any struggle. There's no disturbances. There doesn't look like there'd been a fight or a scuffle in any way. Nothing was out of place. Her purse and her car keys were there. And it does look like to the police that her purse may have been gone through, like rifled Mm -hmm. through or like somebody had reached in to like look for something. And, you know, when they pulled their hand out, things kind of got Like, you know, just looked rifled through, but Mm -hmm. nothing was missing. Her wallet was there, her credit cards. She had cash in her in her wallet that was still there. So, you know, they they don't know what that was about. Her lunch was actually found by the microwave uneaten like she had been getting ready to heat it up and got distracted or whatever and just left it sit there. The only thing that is missing or odd in the salon was that all the cash from the cash register had been cleaned out. Like it was completely empty, bare cash register, which apparently was not normal. Huh. Normally she... Yes. Very interesting. Because like her cash and her purse was still there, but so they took that maybe to stage it as a robbery. Potentially. Her money, which is weird. But anyway. Mm-hmm. It is. Especially if they went through her purse, which they're thinking maybe right. they possibly did. But yes, yeah. very weird. And Patrice, she's just gone. She's just gone. She's vanished. This is very unlike her. Very unlike mm-hmm. her. It's unlike any of us. Like, why would she just walk away from her salon in the middle of the day during business hours with appointments scheduled, like knowing people are coming in she doesn't take her purse. She doesn't drive her car, leaves the door yeah. open. Like, what's up? So they search the grounds. They search the surrounding area. They find no sign of her anywhere. And investigators immediately are suspecting foul play because this mm-hmm. is weird. It's just weird. Something happened. So they try to piece together a timeline of what happened that morning. Like, we want to find out exactly what we can factually prove that Patrice did. So Patrice came into the salon and opened it up around eight o'clock in the morning, which was customary Mm -hmm. for her. She had an appointment that day at nine o'clock and the person came in and it, that appointment ran until a few minutes after 11. Okay. So at 11, what's your question? (laughs) She's raising her hand. Yes. Miss Caulfield. (laughs) I didn't want to talk over you, but I want to, do we know since you said her car was not parked where it normally is, do we know if it was initially when she first came in? Like, did that first hmm. patron able to say that, well, yeah, her car was in the spot earlier <laughs> where she normally parks? You know, that's a good question. <laughs> and I don't know the answer to that, honestly. Okay. But I'm going to say that it was parked where it's supposed to have been because otherwise it wouldn't have been weird that it was moved later. But I don't know the answer, 100%. That's just my guess. I don't know. Okay, so she has this appointment at 9 o'clock. The appointment runs until a little bit after 11. And then at 11, she had a quick haircut, just like a quick 20-minute haircut. That appointment ended just before 11.30. And then that person left. And Patrice had a 30-minute break 
So she ended the appointment at 1130. Her next appointment wasn't coming in until 12 o'clock. So she's got, she's going to eat her lunch. So they think she went into the kitchen. She pulled out her lunch. She was getting ready to microwave it. And at 1135, the phone rings. Okay. So someone calls at 1135. She answers the phone. The conversation lasts for two minutes and it, her phone hangs up at 1137. Then at 1150, the phone rings again, but Patrice does not answer it. So then her next appointment comes in at 12 o'clock, which is 10 minutes after that phone rings and she's nowhere to be found. They call police. So Hmm. police know that there's a short window of time that she was by herself in this, in this salon, first of all. 11.30 to 12 o'clock was the only time that she was alone that morning. Mm-hmm. And then they can narrow it down even further, and they know that she was fine between 11.35 and 11.37 because she was on the phone with somebody. Right. But then 11.50, somebody calls, and she's gone. She's MIA. She doesn't answer. So it's 13, 13 minutes. minutes. Yeah. She vanished in 13 minutes. Right. Okay. Or, 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 <laughs> or in 23 minutes, because if that other person didn't come until noon, like she could have just not been able to answer the phone at that point and somebody was in. So, I mean, but possibly. between 13 and possibly. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. they, their timeline is between 1137 and 1150 police officially. Okay. I think the person actually came in a few minutes before 12 o'clock also. Like right. their appointment was at 12 o'clock. They may have gotten right, there, like right, yeah. 1156 or something like that. Yeah, but yeah. either way. Do they know who she spoke to on the phone? Yes. All of these people yeah. were spoken to. Yes. And everything okay. was – no one reports anything out of the ordinary. Nothing. Like she was totally fine. To- like normal. They called. Okay. Can I make an appointment? This is what I want to get done. Okay. You know, whatever. Yes. Okay. So what they know about Patrice, she's a really well-known member of the community. She's a successful business owner. She's very well loved. She has no enemies, no one who disliked her, who would want to harm her that they know of. Her shop is a very upstanding shop. It was never the site of any mischief or criminal activity. She seemed perfectly happy that day. Everything was normal. It's just a mystery, just a mystery. No one Mm. has any idea where this woman has gone in this potential 13 minute time frame. So police hit this hard. The Georgia Bureau of Investigations gets involved. Our old friends at the GBI. Mm -hmm. Um, There's no forced entry at any door, at any door in the salon, which it's not crazy considering it was the middle of the day. It was business hours. The front door would have been left unlocked, if not open. Mm -hmm. So there are obviously fingerprints in the salon because it's a business and there's hair. There's a lot. (laughs) <laughs> and a lot of hair, lots yeah. of hair, hundreds, hundreds upon thousands of different profiles can be found. So weeding through them and trying to find a potential suspect with those is impossible. Like it's just, it's not something that can be done. I am curious to know, and I was thinking about this, I looked and looked and looked to see if I could find anything in the reports about this and couldn't, but I wonder if there were any fingerprints on the cash register because oh, yeah. we know that it was emptied out. So, mm-hmm. and honestly, only employees should be touching that cash register. So people that work there's fingerprints would be on it. But if there's anybody else's, that's a red flag. In my opinion, that's going to be, that's going to be somebody foul play. 
Yeah. No, I agree with that. Except if they made her empty it, then it would only be her. So maybe that's why maybe there wasn't anything found but hers. Right. So it doesn't say either way. It doesn't say whether they did test it for fingerprints. It doesn't say if it was unremarkable. It doesn't say Mm -hmm. anything. Hmm. It does say they te- they looked for fingerprints, but there were just so many that they couldn't mm-hmm. narrow it down to any anybody. But anyway, so it must it must have just been unremarkable, or there were none, or whatever. Mm-hmm. There were no footprints, not inside the salon or outside in the surrounding area. There was nothing disturbed, nothing knocked over. There were no fibers. There was no trash. There was nothing, literally nothing. It was like she opened the door and walked out. And that's right. it. And there's no security cameras at the shop, unfortunately. So yeah. they weren't able to find any comings and goings of any people or anything like that. Now, police did search Patricia's Patrice's car because, remember, it was parked in that unusual spot that day. And I, this is why I think they think it was moved because they were like, I think they maybe had had witnesses, whoever was there earlier, saying like um, – her car's parked in a weird spot and they were like, well, somebody moved that car. So they do right. think it had been moved that day. Well, and anybody that usually drives by may have seen that. Well, yeah, when she opened, it was normal, you know? Mm-hmm. But, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they searched the car, but there's no evidence of like struggle or foul play in or around the car. Police did lift a set of fingerprints from her car, but they ended up belonging to a mechanic that had changed her oil like a few days before that. So, Mm -hmm. and this person had an alibi. They were at work, so they were cleared. So no one can explain why her car was parked oddly. And this brought about a lot of speculation. Like, did somebody move it? Was she planning on having someone come and park in her normal spot? Like, a a maintenance worker or something like that that they don't know about? Did someone take her away in the car and then bring it back in that short amount of time? Just lots of speculation around this car and lots of fears. That's true. That would be a quick turnaround to like move the car. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And no one see as well. But anyway, we'll get into some theories about what may have happened right after this break. Okay, so there were some eyewitnesses who reported seeing a white vehicle, a car or van, parked outside the salon around 11.45 that morning. One witness says that she saw two women. I don't know if it was a she, actually. The witness. (laughs) One witness said that they (laughs) saw two women outside the salon and that one may have been Patrice. But they couldn't be sure. One other witness came forward and gave a very detailed account of seeing a man in a white van. And he was an unknown man, but they got a good look at him. And she actually ended up making a composite sketch that they put out on the evening news, put on flyers. I mean, she was very sure that she saw this man and this is what he looked like. And he was not from the area. She did not know him. But then later, randomly, she completely recants. Her testimony completely says, like, I lied about that. That's I lied about that whole thing. She never gives any reason why she lies or why she makes this story up. I don't know if she was trying to, like, interject herself into a drama or was she threatened by someone. I mean, we don't know. But they end up charging her with providing false statements. It's like she faces Hmm. criminal charges because she just completely – it's like, what a waste of resources. Wow. Now, of course, in any <clears throat> suspicious situation, who do we look at first? 
The husband. The husband. So they take a look into Rob. It is reported by friends and Patrice's son that Patrice and Rob maybe didn't have as great a marital relationship as one would, you know, think they did at the time of her Mm -hmm. disappearance. Her son even reported that she had been considering a divorce. Hmm. Rob completely denies this. He says, I have no idea why he's saying that. We never talked about getting divorced. We were happy. We were in love. We were planning for the future. Like, I don't know why he's saying that. Pistol hates me. You know, whatever. And I'm sorry, how old is Pistol now at this point? He's in 10th grade. He's a young kid. Yeah, really young. So, um, a teenager. Right. He'd really have to hate him to make something up like that, I feel like. I think he does. <laughs> I do think he does really hate him. But oh, okay. Okay. yeah. Um, but anyway, so he, Rob, he left home that morning, like at his normal time. He got gas and then he clocked into work at normal time and his work is 45 minutes away and he was at work all day. Oh, okay. So he has a solid alibi. Like he wasn't, right. he wasn't anywhere near her salon. He wasn't even incoming. Like right. he was at work. So Patrice didn't have any life insurance that he could have like banked on or anything like that. So Rob is cleared. He is not a suspect. Mm-hmm. Months go by and there is no sign of Patrice, no leads as to what may have happened that day. There are lots of searches of, you know, surrounding areas. There's lots of memorials. Pistol goes to live with his biological father. And he and Rob, the uh, the husband, really develop like a super tense relationship because Pistol, like I said, he suspects that Rob had something to do with his mom's right. disappearance. Like, yeah. I, I think he believes that to this day. Oh, yeah. That Rob may have had something to do with it. But, and Rob does do weird things. Like, like a few days after she disappeared, he changed all of the locks on their house. And he said that he did this for safety, like a safety precaution, because he was worried that like, oh, somebody could have our keys or somebody could be trying to come in. I don't know why he thinks that because the keys were left in the shop. Right. Like no one stole her keys. So, but then he says that he also did it because he wanted to keep Pistol from coming in the house and messing with stuff. Right. He didn't like him. I don't like him. I don't want him to come in my house. He needs to go stay with his dad now. And it's like, dude. He's in 10th grade and his mom is missing and you're going to lock him out of the house? Like, that's weird. It's not nice. Yeah, no. It doesn't make Uh-oh. him a suspect, but like, it's weird. Right, because he clearly he's probably going between. So he lives in both right. places. Right. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's still his house with his mother right. when yeah. he lived with his mother. So anyway, despite the less than desirable stepfather behavior, Rob has a solid alibi, alibi no motive really. and. You know, he's ruled out. So anyway. but Well, and still- if they don't get along, I mean, like, he's not obligated to take care of her kid if his dad is. I mean. I, I totally know what you're saying. I'm not like, but he's not obligated. Not that he should lock him out. But no. he's not obligated to be like, you, sh- you, you can live here. Right. <laughs> if they don't have a great relationship. <laughs> but how does he not? Ha- Patrice could be coming back. They no, don't know where no. she is. Like, how is he going to a couple days later just be like, well, she's gone. You're out of here, buddy. Yeah. Yes. No, it is. It's still strange regardless. Yeah. <laughs> I was just addressing the like locking the him out. Like, anyway. right. Anyway. <laughs> okay. It's not nice. 
We're sorry that happened to you, Pistol. It's not nice. Yes, sorry, Pistol. Okay. So in September of 2004, five months after Patrice's disappearance, a man was arrested in Alabama. His name is Jeremy Brian Jones, and he was arrested for the rape and murder of another woman. Jeremy had a criminal history of rape, and he was also a very bad meth addict. And it is described that he is a bit unhinged. And while he was incarcerated, awaiting trial for this person that he was found to have murdered, Jeremy confesses to over 20 other rapes and murders spanning five different states. Oh, my. And George is one of them? George is (laughs) one of them. One confession that he gives is that in the spring of 2004... He was driving through Georgia and got lost, and he stopped to ask directions at a hair salon. He claims there was a lady working there who was his typical victim type, and he asked her if she could jump his car for him. And while she was outside jumping his car, he kidnapped, raped, and murdered her. Well, that makes a whole lot of sense. Immediately think of Patrice. Immediately. They're like, we have a case that this fits perfectly. And that's why he, her car was moved because he had to jump it and all that kind of stuff. Exactly. Okay. okay. So Jeremy even gives the police a location in Georgia where he claims to have dumped her body. And the police go there and they search it, but nothing was ever found. Now, Jeremy, like I said, he has been arrested for the rape and murder of one woman. He's a little crazy and goes on to confess to over 20. But it should be noted that none of those confessions were ever substantiated. No connections were ever made between him and any of these other women and victims that he reports he killed. Most of them he even later recanted and said mm-hmm. he you know, he didn't really do them. He is on death row for the murder of the one that he was actually charged and convicted of. Like you said, his story does make sense because of the car. It explains the car perfectly. However, the information that her car was parked in a different space was made public. So he wasn't Mm. telling them anything that anyone who was following the case wouldn't know. This was public public knowledge, and he's just explaining it. So it seems like he might just be one of those like psychopaths who wants to be famous for killing more people than he really did or wants to be like declared a serial killer when really he is just sick, just a liar. Mm -hmm. So, but he he was a person of interest. Right. Okay. So we're going to fast forward almost two years, two years of wondering, two years of heartache for Patrice's family. And it's now December 2005. In a town next to coming, a church group is gathered to celebrate the building of a new fellowship hall. So the people there, the church members, noticed vultures circling a spot near them in the woods, and they assumed that a large animal, like a deer, had died. So a couple of them walk into the woods, into the spot, and they do, in fact, find a dead deer. So they're like, oh, that's what it was. So they turn around and start to walk back to the church. And as they do, one of them sees a human skull, clear as day, laying right there in the middle of the woods. Yikes. So they immediately like go to look further and they see a huge pile of leaves 
that had recently been like unearthed because it had rained heavily, I guess. And underneath where it had washed out, they could see a pile of bones. Mm, 600 days exactly after Patrice went missing, her remains are found and identified in a national forest only 10 miles from her salon where she was essentially kidnapped. Oh, my God. 10 miles. She was so close that whole time. So her death was officially ruled a homicide. Investigators did reveal that her autopsy definitively determined a cause of death. However, it is considered to be a major part of their investigation. And so even to this day, the cause of death has never been revealed to the public. So we still don't know how she died. Mm. So I think this is some of that, like, you know, the guilty information where she's killed in my guess is that she was killed in such a specific way that only the murderer would know. And since they've already dealt with like so many of these weird false confessions and eyewitness recanting and this, you know, guy confessing to murdering her that they are saving this so that when they do find the person that murdered her, they'll know a hundred percent. Like this is not something that was made public. Only the murderer would know this. So, so, I mean, you know, nobody else can take credit for doing this to her. Um, also, I did want to mention Jer- the guy who did confess to murdering her and said he dumped her body. Where she was found was 70 miles away from where he said that he dumped wow. her body. So, like, he didn't know what he was talking about. And you probably can't tell now if she had been raped, right? Based, like, just bones, right? I don't know. I would think no. Um right. Unless there's... Unless like- there's- sperm or dna or something that's like on the bones no i don't think there's there's no dna no they weren't they're not able to find any like evidence like that um just i think because it's been so long but um see that's the thing we don't know we don't know what the autopsy says they are not releasing that information they may know but we don't yeah. One well, I was just curious if there was a way, but I'm in my head, which is why I laughed at myself, everyone. Not I was not laughing at anything but myself being an idiot to thinking that sperm could all of a sudden land on someone's bones on the inside of their body. <laughs> like, well, yes, that's <laughs> got it. Okay, yeah. Moving on. <laughs> okay. One interesting thing that police and investigators did reveal is that Patrice had a very unique custom-made wedding ring that Rob had given her, and it's reported that she was wearing it the day that she was murdered, but it wasn't found in the shop or anywhere with her remains. So they Hmm. never actually did find this ring. I suppose it's possible that it just got lost in the woods, but it's also Hmm. possible that the killer took the ring. Mm -hmm. Either because they knew her and it was of sentimental value in some way or just like as a trophy, which would Mm. point a serial killer because they they're known to do that. But either way, the ring could be the only piece of evidence that's actually linking the killer to her murder. So, right. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And it is a beautiful ring. I will post a picture of it. So the last theory that I want to talk about is another serial killer. Well, an actual serial killer because the first guy was just Mm -hmm. bananas. So this is a guy that police looked into named Gary Michael Hilton. You may have heard of him. He is known as the National Forest Killer. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. He committed and was convicted of like a string of murders in North Carolina, Florida, Georgia. All of his murders took place in national forests, and that's where all of his victims' bodies were found. One of oh. his victims' remains was found in the same national forest as Patrice's remains were found, about 50 miles away, though. So it was a big, big forest, 50 miles away. But but it puts him in that area, mm-hmm. in that forest, killing people around the right. same time frame and leaving their remains. So other than that, there's no actual connection between them, just the location of the remains. But he was a person of interest. Um, he was arrested in 2008, and he's like on, he's in the clink. Like, and he And he's not talking about this. Have they asked him about it? I, I don't think he he's not saying that he is the okay. one that killed her. I personally am not really sure about this guy because like that's not his MO. Oh, okay. like he would he would abduct his victims in national parks, like while they were hiking or camping or on trails and then kill them there and leave their bodies. He didn't like randomly pull into businesses uh, on the side of that- the road and then take them to a national park. But I mean, okay. it could have been him. Just a crime right. of opportunity or something. He's a sick killer. So let's don't put anything past him. He's a real POS, but I don't know. I just, I don't know. Mm-hmm. His, 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 he's a, his crimes are terrible. There's a lot of podcasts that do stuff on him. Gary Michael Hilton, if you want to mm-hmm. look in and if you're so inclined. I think I'm good. So <laughs> yeah, this April, April 2022, Will be 18 years since Patrice's disappearance and murder, and we still don't have very many more answers than we did way back 18 years ago. There's an episode of Unsolved Mysteries on this case, the new one, on Netflix. Mm -hmm. And there are interviews with Rob, her husband, her son Pistol, and some of her friends. She seemed really wonderful. Pistol seems like a really dedicated, like, grieving son. Rob... He just, I don't know. He comes off kind of, um, he's weird. I like greasy or something. Yeah. That's not a good word. That's not what I mean. But like, do you know what I'm saying? Like he comes off really like, not even sketchy. Just, I don't know. I give, it's just odd. Yeah. He's, he's a vibe. Like he's he's a vibe. What? 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 (laughs) And he speaks really poorly of Pistol. And like he says at one point that he kept all of Patrice's ashes because he doesn't want Pistol to have any of them. Yes. I was just going to say something about that. Like there's something about the ashes. Like that. And he says he he slept with them for years. And like, uh and but so like that's her son. Like I get you were married for seven years and you're like widowed and that's terrible and traumatic. But like that's her kid. Like, yeah, and he's talking yeah. bad about him. And I don't even know. I just, I wasn't like, she, I, I don't, yeah. I don't know that he murdered her. Mm. I don't know. But we don't know. That's the thing. We don't know. Yeah. That is, yeah. that is a really strange case. And now I can't remember exactly. They never like had a reason to look into her son, Pistol, right? Like he wasn't like in a, bad place with her no 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 they were super super duper close and i think he was at school like he had an alibi he wasn't i mean yeah no he wasn't ever a suspect i don't husband i I think they did look into all of those people and everybody was cleared i mean there just wasn't any anybody that they were able to pinpoint could have actually been there gosh dang it's weird so so crazy and it's like the like if you 
just had like a camera up. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, but it would have been like one more clue. Right. Or whatever. Mm-hmm. I want to know what her car was moved. I think that's so strange. Yeah. Like, where's her ring? What's up with the cash register? It's just all weird. The whole yes. thing is weird. And it is. Yeah. Anyway. So thank you, Ashley, for the suggestion. Oh, yeah. Oh, and Ashley, Ashley, our listener, she has a podcast too. She, I think I told you about this. She has a podcast based on the Netflix show, Stranger Things, which I loved that show. I think that's a really crazy show. It's called Ham Radio, a Stranger Things podcast. And I found it pretty, like right away. I think I sent a screenshot of it too, to um, Christy so she could see it. But if you want to subscribe. But I haven't listened to any. Yeah. There's a fellow closet sister for you. So. Yeah. And I'll link some information where if you have any information about this murder, you know, you can call the Georgia Bureau of Investigations and I'll put their info in the show notes and rest in peace, Patrice. And Scott. Yeah. These unsolved ones are just such crap. Yeah. <laughs> They're hard cases but, to do because there's no closure on them, but I do like them because I think I like them. Yeah. It makes no, us I like smart. Them. It makes you smart. It no. makes us smart to learn about these cases that are not solved. Like what could have been done? What can we do to like make it so that you know right. we don't have unsolved cases like this anymore, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, no, that's true. And I like I they intrigue me mm-hmm. and it makes me really want to like, what the heck? What's going on? Mm-hmm. How can we figure this out? But I don't like them because I'm like, why the heck can yeah. we figure this out? Like, why is it just it just it it there's a dead end and it just goes cold. Yeah. <laughs> and it does make it more heartbreaking, I think, for to think about the families and the loved ones of these people because if we're this frustrated. I mean, not that it's better to have someone murdered and know exactly what happened. That's terrible, too. But, like, it just is another layer of, like, grief almost to yeah. not know what happened or who did it. No one's being brought to justice. and For so long. And why and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh. Well, if you do have any information, clearly check out our show notes for contact information and let us know what you think. What you're, I'm sure most of these people that are listening have watched Unsolved Mysteries, the new season of yes. Unsolved Mysteries, and have probably seen this one. Um, so let, get, let us know your opinions on it, for sure. And check out our Patreon, people. Woo-hoo. We just got it not too long ago. We have an episode, for sure, out already. Bonus, right? Yes. And mm-hmm. we'll be dropping one, because by the time this episode drops... Um, Yep, we'll be dropping another one soon. So come on, pay the $3, people. Pay the $3. <laughs> Become a true closet sister. Do it. And always, yes. And always remember the world is scary. People suck. Hide in your closets. <laughs>